0: Hey everyone, welcome aboard episode 44 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. You know, I was reminded this past week through a series of text messages that the community we share here at the Florida Hospital Church is an absolute gift. The genuine nature of the people and the grace-filled nature of what happens here continually is intentional, and I just wanted to share a huge thank you to members, volunteers, and staff for intentionally being Jesus to each other and to our community. But... Before we begin, last week our conversation was entitled Redemptive Flexibility and a review message from Alex Bryan at the church retreat where we decided that the seat I've been given in my life is pure grace. And if I'm willing to give similar grace to anyone and everyone, no matter what they've done or what they're doing or what they'll do tomorrow, it changes everything for us And may we love like Jesus every day. You can watch that message right in our mobile app or at our website, hospitalchurch.org. But as always, use the app. It's quick, it's easy, and if you haven't downloaded yet, just go to the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store and search for Florida Hospital or search for Hospital Church, excuse me. So this past week's message was part uh, four, three, three, three of our 12-month, once-a-month series, From the Heart. Which continues kind of with what my opening remarks uh, intentions were regarding our church community here at the hospital church, being an amazing place to belong. Andy you started off early on reminding us that these 12 messages would be dealing with significant issues that are on the hearts of the pastors here at the church. And in continuing with that thought, you added a phrase that had me pondering or considering Uh-oh. past that, uh, probably into – I kept coming back to it. as Through the rest of the message, I kept coming back to it and thinking on it and then going, okay, what did he just say? I'm definitely going to have to review before we sit down for the podcast. But you said that these were on the hearts of the pastors and as we consistently move to be an increasingly healthier, intergenerational, serving, caring, engaged, and messy church. Can you elaborate on, or maybe from a just you know, I don't know, maybe personally, or from a pa, you know, pastor or staff's perspective, on how this shaping of this community kind of has kind of gotten to be where it is, and you know, it's not something that just happens, right? I mean, there's a lot of intentionality, and there's and not every church gets to experience. And again, these text messages re- reminded me of that because someone texted me and said, "Being where I am today," which I will not mention where they were totally reminds me of what a great and fantastic community we have at our church, at Florida Hospital Church, and I am so thankful for our community. <laughs> they were just at another local church, and the stark contrast was really just yeah. blatantly evident to them.
1: I, I think it starts, Randy, with with the word reality. Uh, I really do. <laughs> I, I think being real as opposed to putting on airs, and that's why it's messy. Our reality is a very messy thing, a very that's messy true. thing. But I really believe that. And I know for myself, I was influenced at an early age uh, in high school. Uh, the superlative under my senior class picture said "unreal," and it was not <laughs> complimentary. <laughs> 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 I don't think. Uh, I know. I know the people work on staff, and but it made me ponder as I thought about that. Okay, in my epitaph someday, uh, would I want them to say "unreal"? And I said, no, 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 no. that's not who I am. And if I'm giving off that aura of unrealness, it's important to get really earthy and really gritty and let's be real about life. So I I think one of the things that's really helped the congregation as we've developed over the past number of years is it's a commitment to being real. And just you know, okay. there are days when you're up, and there are days when you're down. There's days when you're full of faith, and there's days when you're full of doubt. And, and we <laughs> and and just to be comfortable with that, you know, there's days you feel like you could walk right on into heaven because you're with God, and other days you feel like, well, I'd probably be walking to the other <laughs> place. Uh, and, and I and just to be real about that and to own that is is cl- you're going to see that, Jeff. No,
2: yeah, it, it fits. It fits with Andy's sermon too. The small it it sort of feels like a small thing because it's it goes unnoticed so much. But it's not just the fact that people are real. I mean, you come and you kind of go, wow, this is, they're okay with making fun of themselves. They're okay with saying something that, you know, that doesn't sound churchy, but it sounds authentic to them. But on the other side of it, there is a strong push for others to be real too. Yeah. So I think that, you know, it kind of goes two ways. Um, Yeah.
1: You just, you can't come to the hospital church very long and be. Trying to be something that you're they're not, not. And, and somebody's not. At some point, you yeah, foul. <laughs> a foul. <laughs> Somebody,
2: yeah, somebody's going to call you out. They are. They're going to call you out on it. Which is like, real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's not
1: really yeah, you, yeah, is yeah. it? Yeah. And,
2: and I think that's the beauty of it is when you finally get to the point where you can go. You know what? I'm, I make a few mistakes here. I, yeah. You know, I don't do it all right all the time. But you know what? I enjoy the fact that I can also. Be rubbing shoulders with somebody who else says the same exact thing. It, and, it's a it's a very belonging kind of
1: and, of, and part of that journey. When in that statement you just read was is intergenerational. Uh, you know, uh, I forget what some of those words were. Serving,
0: caring, yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and when you talk about that, that demands reality. And, and what that says is that your little girl Sparkle and you know our most senior member and everybody in between and and the babies and and all that. We embrace that reality. They're, who we are is who we are, and that's what God has to work with. And so I just, I think that's a big piece of uh, back. I'm back to the reality thing, sure. aren't I?
0: Oops. Well, and it's, it seems like a little thing until you don't have it. And then it seems to be a big thing. And that was kind of what struck me also about all of the things that, you know, we mentioned were the little things, but it doesn't take long for a bunch of littles to equal a big. And in this case, I think when you add all of these. People being real together, it's mm-hmm. empowering, yeah, because then you know you're walking into a safe place, essentially, because if people are going to be real and just not say, "How you doing ah, I'm okay, good, you know, mm-hmm. and they want to know more,
1: they want to get together, and you know it's okay mm-hmm. to actually be transparent with them yeah the the assumption part of within our denominational framework, the assumption of wanting to be right has been really big. <laughs> Okay, we put put a lot of emphasis on having truth and holding truth and knowing truth and teaching truth. And and who wants to teach something that's not true? I mean, that's a good—it's not a bad place to be in that sense. But when you're really all about being right, you move to an unreal place real fast because no one's right about everything. And even what you think you're right about today, you, you may discover that you're wrong about tomorrow. And so that the realness is, is also embraced with that whole willingness willingness to be wrong and not have to be right, and that takes a lot of pressure off as well. I still go back to the song we sang right before I stood up to preach this last week where uh, I'm no longer a slave to fear, I am a child of God. And mm-hmm. that should be our theme song. I mean, that it, it, the whole model of adoption within Scripture and for God to say he, he's adopted us as his sons and daughters in the Jewish culture in that time— you could disown your own children, but you couldn't disown a child you adopted. Right. That was that was not allowed. Hmm. That the adopted child could walk away from you, but you couldn't walk away from the adopted child. That no, cool. And so awesome. for us to say, no, I'm no longer a child of fear. I mean, we're in Child Abuse Awareness and Prevention Month at the church here, and I was thinking about this after the fact. I wish I thought about it before the fact. Um, to think about those kids going through abuse of some kind, and they've been abused, and the fear that must engender. And then to be adopted into a safe family where you can never be disowned and you never have to fear being abused, I mean, we ought to be just living a lot more free and real and open lives. Yeah,
2: I think sometimes we get, the, we get caught up back to the being wrong part. We get confused that being right all the time or being truthful is synonymous with never making mistakes. Mm-hmm. And um, so if I'm, if I'm always right – if i have to be always right or if i always have to be on the truth side that that will automatically you know say that i'm always on the the non the perfect side yeah. and it, the hardest part about being real is real, is realizing that mistakes happen i, mean, I should say that the, i should say the easiest thing about being real is the fact that mistakes happen right. and we sometimes make mistakes and we realize that within those mistakes god continues to move and work through all of that, so I mean, we've made tons of mistakes here. Sometimes at the people we make we even make
1: intentional mistakes. Yeah. It,
2: sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we go into we go into a project or we go into some kind of an initiative, and we automatically know this is probably a big mistake. Yeah. And yeah. and and at the end of it, we go well, we learned something. Learn from, from that. it. And
1: yeah. Move on. And move on. Uh,
0: that's. Well, and I think like you just said about being right, it can also be said that when you feel that way that you're right or you have truth, that there's somehow some Label of godliness or aura of godliness okay. that will right. follow you in that pursuit. That
1: right. your rightness makes you better, right, as opposed to just makes you right versus wrong. <laughs> so
0: I don't have to. I don't have to extend any kind of grace to you. I don't have to. Mm-hmm. I don't have to engage you because when I have that, I'm right anyway. So I mean, what could you possibly add to that <laughs> conversation that I don't already know? And so I think that leaves the outside cold to people that don't embrace that. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the verse uh, from Luke, and this is one of those texts that I think anyone can relate to whether you've grown up with any kind of religion or you're currently – maybe you're agnostic or whatever. But Luke 16.10, unless you are faithful in small matters, you won't be faithful in larger ones. Mm-hmm.
1: doesn't seem to be a lot of gray area
0: no. there and, and in it, that.
1: You, know, it's really, you think about it in – it's true in marriages, it's true in economics, it's true in giving, I and mean, it's just true. It's really fascinating to once in a while you'll have a person that'll say, you know, I just wish I wish I had a lot of money. If I had a lot of money, I would be so generous with the church. And my immediate reaction, I bite my tongue a lot, <laughs> is what are you giving now? Yeah. And and, and that that percentage, that... You're giving now. It probably won't change if you got a lot of money because you're faithful in small things. You're faithful in large things. If you're faithful, you know, if you're not faithful in small things, you won't be faithful in large things. I mean, it's a, it's Jesus' words. I didn't make it up.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and I think there's so many things that just kind of get swept under the rug as far as what are the little details and then the big things and the everyday things. And I was wondering, put you on the spot. If each of you had one that came to mind as a personal favorite, as just a little thing. Now, this can be personal. It can be you know, as a pastor or as a friend and maybe a story where you've put it to use. Give me an illustration. What
1: do you want us to talk about?
0: If you have something – just one of the little things. You're like your favorite little thing. That could be with your wife. I mean personally, I'm a fan of like the handwritten note. Mm -hmm. So for Heather Mm -hmm. and I, every so often, you get in the car and someone is – Done a post-it note on your, you know, in your dash or you know something, or they, you find a note under your pillow or you know something like that. Mm-hmm. Open the refrigerator and they bought you something that you like, and there's a little note on it, something like that. You know, just a favorite of like the handwritten notes. Just wondering if you guys had
2: anything personal or uh, I'll let Andy think about it. I got one yeah, that I, I think. it's kind of it, it kind of it's actually it's kind of a double-edged sword. My wife says to me, <laughs> "Oh, because um, and and sometimes it is. I have to be careful because I tend to." Uh, overuse it with my children sometimes, but I love finding out what somebody's doing well, and and pointing it out in yeah. other words finding something that's positive and something that's good now sometimes i go too far and say here's how we could make it better you know but <laughs> you, you um, move from complimentary to maximizing, to <laughs> maximizing. <laughs> yeah. exactly with my children that happens a lot because i'll say oh yeah and that you did so well in that soccer game son you know da, 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 and then all of a sudden but you know what if you just uh yeah but and and he's you know now he's he's understood how that works and he, he goes Thanks, Dad. <laughs> See you later. See you later, you know, later dad. Before I get a chance to, no, he's actually. We actually have some great talks, but I think that's a piece that you know. my My father died. To I was trying to. I'm going through some things, some small things that my dad taught me. My dad taught me a lot of things, but that was one thing that I really learned from him. That was really good is to go to somebody and to search, I mean almost observe them from afar sometimes. Yeah. Or just watch them in terms of how they maneuver around relationships or whatever and find out some small thing that you can say. You know what, you do really good. You pro- I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, but that's, that's a really good. good piece. I like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Andy? I'm
1: thinking. Okay. <laughs> Well, we can we can move on. It's okay. It's okay.
0: The, probably the first time I'll have to listen to it later to find out what I asked because you looked at me like I was speaking another no, language, no, just, and it was I, it was possible.
1: I was just trying to think if I was supposed to buy a little thing that for, done for me or I did for others. It could be no, for right? you. Hey, can I? Easy. I can say one for Andy. Oh, good. Oh, good. We may have to edit this. Yeah. <laughs>
2: No, I, I, and it happens so well because I'm, my office is right next to his, mm-hmm. and I hear. You know, we don't have really. I mean, we're supposed to have really good soundproof yeah. walls, but <laughs> there, I can still hear different things. But he has a laugh that I think everybody understands and knows and hears from it. You can always hear where Andy is because he's got a laugh, but it's not just a laugh; it's an infectious laugh, and it's mm-hmm. maybe a small thing to him. He probably doesn't even think about it, but that laugh or that. That ability to find the light side of almost everything yeah. is a huge piece in terms of what I think has been one of the little but great things that happens in our church because I believe change happens when positive things are going on. And that yeah. laugh creates a positive energy wherever he's. It's out.
1: just a little thing. It's a little
2: thing. <laughs> it's a little thing. But it's. But it's it's powerful, but,
0: but that's a perfect lead-in to what we were going to talk about next was the window analogy mm. the, of buying into what a person you trust, which I would assume you trust, Jeff, uh, trust what they say about you, and then applying it to your window, and then you know possibly. You may use that filter for how you see your world, how you see yourself. Oh, you
1: don't have – possibly From, you, for now and you You whatever. use that filter whether yeah. you like it or not.
0: <laughs> so, you know, that – That's uh, probably
1: a different word for it in the psychological world. <laughs> I just call it a belief window. It, yeah, well, that's probably what it is actually.
2: But I think that hits home with everybody because a metaphile.
0: We've all had things that people have applied to us that you just ingest and you make it part of who you are and it's what you think about yourself until – you know, sometimes someone might give you just the exact right. opposite and you go, what the heck are they looking at? And, you know, maybe a little bit of evaluation. But when you look at yourself and you really think about that, but what have I applied? I don't know. You take a look. Sometimes it's not always positive what you yeah. see
1: there. Yeah, little things on our window can cloud mm. and yeah. change a, a whole bunch if if it's not true. that's The really important thing is to be able to figure out how to look at your window and see what's on it. Yeah. Because we're so busy looking through it, it's sort of like a fish in water. You're not aware of the water. It's the same way looking through our belief window. There's group belief windows. Uh, they, they can cause exclusive thinking uh, they can, within a company, within a church, within a family— and it's just really important to not not to real, to realize okay if, if on my window it says that the McDonald clan outdoes all other scottish clans you know i mean well that, <laughs> that that's that's that that causes me to live a certain way that can be problematic as opposed to saying all clans have great gifts and benefits to the world and that's written on my window i rel- i'm going to relate to other clans differently
0: yeah well, and I thought, you know, what, what better way or what one thing to take into this coming week was applying some new filters to the windows. Evaluate your evaluate your filters. Evaluate those windows. And then, you know, apply something that you like. You listed a bunch of good ones uh, in the sermon, and you can check that out again in our app, and you can check those out and find one that you might like. Mingling and hanging out was my favorite of the ones mm-hmm. I listed. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if you can – uh, for good. me, if you put a – Put a French press in front of me, and you know, let's uh, let's sit down, have a cup of coffee, and let's
2: mingle. Why don't you That's throw long. it out, throw it out to the to the audience here, and see if there's anything that comes back? Yeah, Maybe we could.
0: Our final takeaway from this past week was: what little thing that matters will you do this week? Yeah. So you know, evaluate, look at that. Uh, this week, I was actually looking, trying to find an opportunity each day to pass along just a word of encouragement, smile, open a door, something like that, for someone I don't know. Something small, but just something obvious maybe to some, maybe not to others. But we'd love to hear what you have or are going to implement with this intentionality this week and going forward. So you can share those directly in the mobile app, of course, or you can text or podcast at hospitalchurch.org if you're the email persuasion. So final thoughts, little things matter. Don't despise the small things. Being faithful in small things, little things, makes us trustworthy for greater responsibility. I thought that was a most uh, – was a great way to end the message this week and it certainly applied uh, today as well. So uh, don't forget you can check out any of our past episodes. Everything is available Wednesday to Wednesday on the mobile app. Of course, hospitalchurch.org slash podcast or on iTunes. And this week
1: coming up. This week – I forget the title. But we're looking at, we're looking at Jesus uh, on, in the triumphal entry. It's, it's okay. that time of year. It's the week before Easter. And, um, and when he stops on the top of the mountain in Luke, he has a moment of great weeping that we're going to talk about in the midst of the triumphal entry. This was on the resurrection. Uh, actually, week was, the week next, before. You know, the next week's resurrection. It's The resurrection. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Okay, good. All right. Yeah. Well, you're not going to want to miss that, so that will be Andy this coming week, so you can check us out online. Again, easiest way to do that is at the hospitalchurch.org website, or actually easiest is the app. So uh, do plan on checking that out, and we'll be back next week, which will be episode 45. So until then, this is Randy for Andy, Jeff, and Tom saying thanks for joining us, and we'll see you then.